Welcome to the In His Voice podcast hosted by me, Rob L. Lowe, where we talk about the trials and tribulations that deeply impact the lives of boys and men without ever, ever bashing women. We talk about everything from the bedroom to the boardroom, from the playground to the stadium and everything in between. Today's show, we're going internationally again. I have a good friend joining me, someone who used to work for me, and we're going to talk about his experiences, both personally and professionally, from his role from Puerto Rico to the U.S. I want to welcome to the show a good friend, someone that I really appreciate and embrace, Alex Rosado. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm yeah, doing great. yeah. Dude, yeah. you look like a supermodel. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I dude, dude, that. dude. But <laughs> let me let me quit. Married though, right? Yeah, I'm married. Married. I'm married. Any yeah, kids? Ha- happily married. Happily married. Happily married and no kids. All right. So those who are watching, <laughs> off the market, I'm sorry, right? I just need to get that clear. I don't want anybody messaging me be like, yo, can you hook me up with that dude who was on this show? No, but I'm going to get a lot of ratings for this. That's why it's here. So I just want you to know that. Man, listen, thank you for joining the show. Um, backstory. So you used to work for me at another company. You came there, and I remember you were probably there two weeks, and you implemented this spreadsheet, this tracking tool, this project. And I was like, yo, like this dude is really, really good. And you moved down from Virginia or D.C.? It was Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia. You wanted to come to Florida. Yep. And and you came to Florida, and then you got to Florida, and you got another opportunity to leave. And in anybody else, I'd have been like, Seriously, this dude comes here and he leaves that quick and go, you know, to another company. But what I will say about you, like in the short period of time you were on my team, you were so impactful. I didn't even mind because because what what you had to offer, I felt like we weren't there yet. Right. And I, I knew that, like the, the stuff you had showed me in such a short period of time. I was like, this dude, this dude's the truth. He really needs to 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 to, to go and do amazing things. And so I'm glad to have you on the show because we're going to talk about some of those gifts that you have. Right. Yeah. Um, But before we get there, let's unpack this backstory. Where are you from? I am from Bayamón, Puerto Rico. Say that again. Bayamón, Puerto Rico. Bayamón, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Yeah. And may you ever heard the uh, this? I'm probably telling my age. You ever heard the uh, heard about the show called Fantasy Island? Fantasy Island? No. Yeah. So it's a show back in the 70s. Ricardo Montalban was the host and you talk like him when you say when you roll your R's it's pretty dope. So where's that at as relates to San Juan in the country? So I would say that's probably about twenty, twenty five minutes from San Juan. Really? So it's what we call like the metropolitan area. Oh, okay. Okay. Um so it's it's really one of the biggest towns from Puerto Rico. Uh one of the busiest one as well. So a lot of yeah. people they have mixed feelings about it yeah. because there's a lot of traffic and there's a lot of people. But that's where I grew up and pretty much spent my first twenty five years. Yeah, because I've been to San Juan. San Juan is yeah. crowded. Yeah, I mean, Bayamón is is different. I, I gotta admit. I mean, I'm okay. from there, but it's it's a different animal when it comes to traffic. So it's worse than San Juan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really? Because you, you you get a lot of stoplights and traffic lights oh. in just a short period of okay. you know, distance. That's like driving on 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 one of these uh beach roads where it's a bunch it's, of traffic. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. And it's I don't know what it is about Bayamón, but the the weather's really really hot. Uh, versus other places. I think the breeze of the, you know. No, it's because all the damn cars are stopped in traffic yeah. and the engines have built up all that heat. <laughs> that, I mean, true. that's my logic, but. Yeah. Um, when did you come to the U.S.? So let's talk about your, your transition. When, 
Where did you go and what made you come here? Yeah. Uh, so I came to Virginia in 2010. No, I'm talking about 2012. Okay. Uh, but before that, um, since I was a little kid, I kind of always knew that I wanted to be in the States. Yeah. And I was at school and I had a college professor who, you know, passed. And one day he just walked up to me and said, you know, Alex, I think you're eventually going to be in the U.S. I think you need to pursue a master's degree and I think you need to do it in another country. That's wow. going to pretty much stretch your comfort zone. It's going to expand your horizons, be exposed to different cultures. Yeah. I think it's really, really going to be very helpful for you. I don't know why I believed him, but I did. So I started doing research with him and that's how I ended up going to Argentina. So I spent two and a half years in Argentina in school and then just doing other things. And then when I finished, I came back home, uh, Puerto Rico, and then I was able to get a job in, in Virginia. Hold on. So, so you, you did your undergrad in Puerto Rico. Yes. Um, it's, it's crazy as this question sounds. I have to ask the question. Was the, were the classes taught in English or Spanish? So both. So I was fortunate enough to be in a high school and also elementary school that I have both English and Spanish. I mean, we, okay. we all get in, in Puerto Rico, you get English and Spanish. Okay. Uh, pretty much every school. Yeah. But when I went to high school, I was fortunate enough to go to a very good high school because I got a basketball scholarship. Yeah. And most of the classes were in English. Uh, so I had that going on. And then at school in, in college, it was Spanish and English. But I would say about 90% or 80% it was Spanish because of the type of, you know, degree that I was pursuing. Yeah. Hold on. So you a hooper? Yeah, I play basketball. I don't look like it. I know. Do you a hooper? Uh, a lot of people don't, don't, they look at me and say, but I was a point guard. Yeah. I played basketball since I was 10 Bro. all the way through 20. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Bro, you a hooper? Like a hooper? I'm a diehard hooper, like somebody that would speak basketball all day. Dude, you like, you. All these I hadn't, dude. I just thought you were this really conservative guy. You know, I'm, I had no idea. No, no, like no. I knew you were physically fit, but you did not tell me you were a hooper. No, no, I played basketball. So again, I got scholarship in high school and then also in college. So I played Division Two in Puerto Rico. So no joke. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't any. I didn't went professional or. It anything, don't matter, but but, but you. I, I was able to get scholarship and in my book that was all yeah about. absolutely because so, they're, they're not giving scholarships to people that don't, that don't play yeah right exactly. so that means you play like no I, I was good i was good okay all right all right i, I, I like that like that <laughs> um going to argentina all right um what was that like so far the best experience i've had in my life because i went there i was more of a child even though i was like 24 yeah um in the sense that you know i was still on my parents my 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 parents pretty much took care of me financially, did all these things. I mean, I had a job, a part-time job here and there, but because I was so focused on basketball, that's all I could think of. Um, so I wanted to get outside of my shell and say, well, I got to go to a place where I don't know anybody. I don't know nothing about the country and just throw me there and I got to survive. I got to learn how to cook. I got to learn how to do laundry. I got to just all of it. Um, so I remember first day when I wake up in Argentina, just opening up the, uh, the the curtain, looking at the city, I'm like, what I get myself into? Like, I'm crazy, right? I'm here. I don't know anybody. But that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted to be exposed to that experience so that I could go in and just survive. And and I did exactly that. I mean, I got I went to school. 
And I worked there at a restaurant, Mexican restaurant, out of all places there. And and just had a, a great time. And I feel like I became a man there. Like I was able to come back home after that and just take care of myself and, and now becoming to more of an adult life after that. Okay. Puerto Rican guy goes to Argentina and works in a Mexican restaurant. No, you can't make this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. And I was so bad. Not me to cut you off. I was so bad. My cousin got me an interview for a job at a place where they sell, uh, like, it was more like a, an outdoor uh, type of store. Yeah. I did so bad. The lady cut off the interview and she was like, She's, you're not ready for this. And then she took me out. So, and, and, I, and I have to agree. I wasn't ready for it. Do you 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 bomb that bad? She cut it off. Yes, I I if I was the one interviewing now, which you know I got my experience on that, I would have done the same thing probably. I would be like, nah, you're you're not ready for it. But that's how bad it was because all I knew was basketball since oh. I was you know a little kid, four yeah. years all the way through. I was 25 just doing sports and basketball. Who who nurtured that? Like, was it somebody in your family or just you? Who nurtured that gift and that that passion for basketball for you? It was actually a friend of mine. So I did gymnastics from four to ten. That was my first. I'm supposed to hit the table, <laughs> dude. You did. Hold on, you're a hooper. Right. You did gymnastics. Freaking super. <laughs> Get out of here. So the way I, or the reason I got into gymnastics was because my sisters did it first, and they're, they're older than me. So yeah. I went there and just sat there, and then I was just you know waiting for them to be finished. I was very impatient, I guess. And, you know, one of the trainers told my parents, like, I think you guys should put him also. And, you know, you start gymnastics at a very early stage. So I started doing that until I was 10. But I got injured a couple of times. And you trained the whole year just to compete one more time or one time. And it kind of gets old because then if you get injured, you didn't get to compete. And I was like tired of it. I was like, so this friend came up and he was like, why don't you just play basketball? Like we, I play every weekend. We practice almost every day. Yeah. I was like, I, you know what? I kind of like that. So I went in. I didn't know how to dribble. I didn't know anything. All I can tell you is I was jacked. Yeah. Of course, you know, yeah, I was yeah. gymnastics and I had stamina. So they would put me to guard the best player and I was just all over his face. And that's it. And I started because I was able to compete every day. I loved that about that experience. Yeah. And little by little, my dad got me a, a, a basketball uh, and, a, and a hoop. Yeah. And I started playing and got better to the point where, you know, my skills were developed. So, bro, kudos to your dad for, for two things and your mom. But kudos for being a hooper is one thing, but for embracing you studying gymnastics at such a young age, because, you know, we, we live in such a, a, uh, a masculine dominant society that uh, as as men, we don't always see that opportunity because um you know i'm 53 now and i'm looking at these male gymnasts who are ripped i mean these mm -hmm. these dudes is ripped right strong. and they're strong like yeah. they're stronger than most people imagine mm -hmm. and i'm going dang i wish somebody would have put me in gymnastics when i was younger i literally thought that at one point in my life because yeah. i wanted to be able to do flips yeah, I, I wanted that, that flexibility, <laughs> I, and I wanted to be. I mean, those dudes. And the foundation ripped. that you get out of that, like, so I, I, I never was out of balance when I was playing defense because of my legs and the way <gasps> all the coordination. So it all played out. But going back to my parents, you know, on top of that, what I would say is I was very fortunate to have both of them in my life. Yeah. But like, actually, be there. There wasn't any practice or a game that both of them were.
Ooh. I don't know how they did it because I don't have kids right now. Mm -hmm. And I can't even think about how to come up with, you know, after you work, then you got to do all of this. That's every single day. So, yes, I was very interested in it and I was good. But, you know, their persistence of, you know, no, you're going to practice even when you don't want to. Like showing me like you got to be you made a commitment to this team. You're going to go to the practice. Uh, stuff like that does stay with me you know, to this day. So, you know, my parents had a lot to do with that. Wow. Um, how'd you end up in the U.S.? You went to Virginia, your first job after grad school? Yeah. So another funny story. So okay. I, I have this uncle who I knew and he was, he was a retired uh, CW4 in the army and then he built his own business. Yeah. So he did federal contracting with DOD doing logistics and IT. I know that now because I work for him. But back then, all I knew was he's my uncle, very successful person. He lives in Virginia. I only saw him once during Christmas party, and he was the one, you know, paying for all of it. So he was very successful, and I was like always interested in like what does he do? Like how can I get into that? Yeah, and tap into that. So I, w I actually had a conversation with him probably about three or four years before I got the job. Yeah, and I say, hey, can I work for you? And, you know, me being very naive, and he was like. Well, I think you should do this, do that, or study, study this, go and take these classes. And so I started doing what he was telling me to do. And when I finished, the last stuff that he basically told me to do was to, to finish my degree when I was doing my master. And when I finished that, when I was in Argentina, I sent him an email. I said, okay, so four years ago, you told me getting to a little bit more into IT classes, do this, do that, finish this. Okay, I've done all of that. Now I'm going back to Puerto Rico. And I didn't say anything else. And probably about a month after I came back, he called me and he said, hey, I have a job opportunity for you. It's not in marketing because at that point I was more into marketing. It's in HR. I know it's not what you want, but give it a try. If you don't like it, we'll figure something out. And I was like, well, I'll give this HR thing a, a try. And then fast forward and I'm still doing HR. So he called me and got the job offer and I left. And you went to Virginia out of all places. And I didn't, I've never been to Virginia. Didn't know anything. Again, here I am again, two and a half years after I went to Argentina, but this time I wasn't scared or intimidated by the whole situation. Cause I already went to another country Yeah, and I was by myself Yeah, and I went through a lot of situations there. So now I came back, I'm going to Virginia. I got some family members at the very least there yeah. and I'm going to do a job. I'm good. So I, is this Virginia meaning DC area or no, this we're is central about, Virginia, like this Richmond, is, this Richmond. is rich, even further south. Like this is Colonial Heights, yeah. uh, Prince George, Virginia, yeah. right across Fort Lee. I, I, I know I have cousin station. Yeah. There. Um, you're married. I'm married. When'd you meet your wife or where'd you meet your wife? So I met her in Virginia seven years ago. Really? Yeah. Is she, is she, uh, Puerto Rican? No, she's from Colombia. She's from Colombia. Yeah. Do you guys ever debate on like com uh, country cultures or oh, uh, the, the quality of, of, of Spanish? And all the time she says, so Colombians are the best Spanish speaking, you know, group. I have to agree. Like us Puerto Ricans, we have a slang to it because yeah. we, we speak like a Spanglish. Yeah. Um, so and their accent is, is much better. Yeah. Uh, and then I debate on all of this stuff. Like I'm very competitive. So like in sports, yeah. everything. So. You, you know, um, I'll come back to your career. I meant to ask you this question. Growing up in Puerto Rico, you know, the, 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 the folks that I met from Puerto Rico that I worked with over the years or that I just met in life. 
each share something that's unique. They share this love for Puerto Rico as a country, right? Even though it is um, a a U.S. territory, Mm -hmm. it still maintains its own identity, its own culture. There's love for the U.S. and then there's a little bit of leave us alone. What from your experience, like how do you feel about the whole Puerto Rican culture, uh, the connection with the U.S.? Like what does that mean to you? I'm on the side of I love it. I mean, I've never had any any issues with it. Um, you know, I was so when you grow up in Puerto Rico, you get exposed to American culture from all different channels. So if you're looking at TV, the radio stations, food, I mean, anything, politics. So at a very young age, because of the basketball uh you know, fanatic that I was, I was just watching NBA and just, you know, college and everything. So I was drawn to that. So, you know, I grew up with, you know, a lot of TV shows and things that are part of the American culture. And that's how I actually learned English as well. Um, Just reading the captions, the movies and all that. My dad actually was born in Spokane, Washington, because I come from a military family. You know, my grandpa, my, my dad, my uncles, all of them went to service. I didn't go to service because I was playing basketball, but I went to a military high school though. So for me, you know, I love the American culture and I always knew from it since I was a little kid, like at at some point I'm going to be there. And I used to travel a lot. I would come in maybe twice a year to the States to do a lot of the basketball tournaments. Yeah. Um, And every time I come over here, I was like, like I I can see myself living here. It was just a matter of time. and, And then eventually it happened. So. Do do you still, um, both you and your wife, are, are, do you still in your house um, look for as many opportunities as possible to express your culture, embrace your culture, share each of your d- different cultures? Yes. Yeah. So we we speak Spanish all the time, even though she speaks English as well. So we don't we don't ever have a, a, a conversation in English. It's very t- very rare times if I'm explaining something very technical or something business related and I know the concepts in English, then I go into that. But if not, it's in Spanish with my in-laws, the same thing. They only speak Spanish and her family. Um, so we're always doing that. And then when it comes to food, music, everything, we still maintain that. Uh, so very Hispanic, you know, culture there. Um, I, I think I'm more in the American side than her because, you know, in Colombia it's a different, you know, scenario. So again, I was exposed to, to the American culture since I was a little kid. Uh, that wasn't the case for her. She just got exposed when she came over, you know, seven years ago. But, you know, I think it's a healthy mix. Um, and, and I still maintain my Puerto Rican roots and my culture. And I love it. Uh, it's just Puerto Rican culture is mixed with the American. It's just yeah. a, like a melting pot there going on and, I love it. I mean, I, you, you get the best of both worlds, Hispanic and the American culture. So, All right. Um, you're in HR. You're in Virginia. You're working for your uncle. Um, man, you're, I'm sure you're, you're doing well. How did you, you narrow your focus to become a really good TA professional? Like, How did you get from just broad HR to... Dude, when it comes to TA, you're a rock star. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Um, well, that happened because, so I was, as you said, an HR generalist yep. for the most part. And there was a moment in time where the business development team needed help with recruitment 
for a contingent position. So like if we went after a, a, a contract, um, there were times that the government wanted for us to include certain resumes or profiles in case we actually won the contract then to show that we have people that we were going to hire. So that started a relationship between the VP of uh, business development and myself because of that. And then she saw my marketing skills and just my ability to kind of do business development as well. So she started using me more and more. And then she basically went to the rest of the team and said, I think we should use Alex as more as a talent acquisition person, more so than HR generalist and, and a hybrid of, of business development as well. And at the time the, the business needed that. So they kind of agreed to it. And then that's when I started doing TA. And I just fell in love with it. I mean, I really like it because um, it's a blend of marketing, yeah, sales in, in a way, and then also just HR and TA. And you're connecting with people, which is really what I'd like to do. So, You know, um, you, you as, a, as a TA person, as I say, you're a rock star, incredible. As a human being, truly a good dude. Um, recently, you know, I sat on the board of a Goodwill. Uh, here in Central Florida, and and I needed to meet with them, or I asked to meet with um, the head of HR and their TA person just to figure out like what things can I offer them um, that maybe could help them be more effective and 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 furthering the Goodwill's mission and and hiring people in the community. And I said, well, look, the first person I thought of, I was like, um, I'm gonna bring Alex if he'll come with me. Like this dude right here, I, I know what you have done. I've seen what you've done. And I've also had conversations about your your commitment to like giving people opportunities, man. Like I remember that. And when I called, you was like, "Yeah, don't worry, I'll be there." Do do you look for other opportunities like that in your life, man? Like like, you know, your desire um, to help people. Do you look for other opportunities to use your professional, your personal? Um, experiences to, to make a difference in lives like, like you did on that day. Yeah. I, I think as much as I can, um, that's why I didn't hesitate when you reached out because I think I've been very blessed to have people that have poured into me. Yeah. Um, and so why I can't give that back. So, you know, any information, anything that I can do to help people or organizations like Goodwill in this case, I'm more than happy to do it. Um, when I connect with candidates, uh, I always tell them like, this is a long-term relationship. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't get hired by us, but I can help you somehow yeah. find your way into another company or another team that's going to be a better fit for you. Let's do it. Like whatever I can give you, you know, I can, I can be here to do that. Um, and, and it's something that that's really what drives me. You know, when I connect with people, um, when you extend an offer and sometimes they even start crying at times because of, you know, the way they're feeling about this and how this is going to change their lives. Yeah. So we're impacting those people's life. Um, and if you can help an organization continuing to do that, then why not do it? Like, so I'm all about that um, with individuals and organizations uh, just to pour back. I love it. Speaking of speaking of, you know, what you do professionally. You know, are there things you know, that you have experienced in any of your jobs or anywhere in the past that, you know, you're like, yeah, no, that's, that wasn't the ideal type of role. Or maybe I ask different, like if you were to describe the type of role uh, without sharing the company where you feel like, 
man, I really knock it out the park. This role is for me. What does that look like? And then what about roles that you have where you go, great role, but man, I I I, I don't feel like um, it was the best role for me. Like describe those environments for me. I think for me, ideal environment is a place where they allow me to be creative. So okay. I feel like I'm a very creative person and you have to be a realist as well. And I understand that. But at the same time, if you look at processes or the way you're conducting business, if you're not allowing for that creativity to show, yeah. then you're going to stay still. And, and then that's when I feel like I myself kind of check out a little bit because then I feel like I'm more tactical and just doing repetitive tasks, which I'm okay with. Uh, but I like to be part of the strategy. I like to be part of that creative process of building something together. So an ideal scenario will probably be an organization that is not small, but it's not as large as some of the organizations that I've worked in the past, where because of the size, it allows me to build something. Okay. You know, if you're standing up an organization or if you're standing up a, a team or processes and then being able to see that transformation happen. Maybe it takes three or five years. I don't know how long it will take, but when you look back and you say, we started here and now here's where we are, you know, that actually, you know, creates a lot of fulfillment for me. Um, if I'm part of an organization where I just need to follow certain rules and processes, yeah. I can do that for you, but you're not getting the best out of me. So why stay there? Wow. All right. Two, two final questions for you. Before you um, leave this earth, what are the things you want to accomplish? Like, what do you what do you want to leave behind? What do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for being a person that that cared about people. Yeah, and was able to have an impact on them. I I, I don't mind if it's a huge impact or a small piece of that success. But at least for them to think back and say, you know, Alex gave me this piece of information or introduced me to this person that that kind of opened up this whole new opportunity for me um, on a professional side. Right. On a personal note to me, I just, you know, when I look at my parents, the way they treated me um, and everything I have right now is is because of the way all of the I would say sacrifices they made for me. So if I can be half of that, if I ever have a, you know, a child, yeah. I would consider that a success. And then with my wife, the same thing, you know, my, my dad, I've never seen my dad either get angry at my mom or like have an, I mean, I'm pretty sure they had him. Right. I never saw it. Wow. I never seen my dad be disrespectful to my mom Yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, so those are the things that I would hope to be um, and just, you know, at some point have some sort of legacy that it carries on into that because my grandpa was the same way. So just continuing with that legacy that we've built, in my opinion, for us. Dude, those are some, those are some huge, uh, shoes, to feel. huge shoes to feel like yeah. those are, but those are these shoes you want to feel, you know what I mean? Like when you describe what, what you saw in your parents and their relationship and the type of man uh, your father was, man, I, yeah. Who wouldn't want to be that? Like that, that's the dream, right? Like that's what we should strive to be. And so thank and, you for sharing that. And you know what, Rob, and um, one of the things that, you know, I was, when, when I met you, you know, you, I was working for you and I don't know if you recall, but 
I started with a company and maybe two weeks into it, my dad had a, a huge problem. Uh, yeah. You know, and I told you to go and you told me to go. No hesitation. Don't worry about it. Whenever you come back, you know, you come back to your job. And I had just started. Yeah. You didn't know me. You didn't know my track record. So yeah. you had all the right to say, listen, this might not be something yeah. that will work. Yeah. Um, so for you to allow me to do that and then for me to come back with, you know, no problems afterwards and be able to take care of my dad. Yeah. You know, that was huge for me. So, yeah. you know, that left a, a big impact on me. And I wanted to say that here uh, publicly and to say, you know, I know I think I've told you this in the yeah. past, but that's the type of impact that I want to have in people. So just what you did for me yeah. and for my family, I want to keep that back. Well, thanks for sharing, man. There's there's two principles I live by um, and uh, I put them in my book. One is don't be afraid to deal with the elephant in the room. Right. Don't ever be afraid to have the tough questions. But the second one is commit to leaving people better than you found them. You know, and, and that's everything that I try to do, even in my flaws, like, man, that that's your father, dude. You only get one of them. Right. And, you know, when I met you, um, my father had already passed away, um, but he wasn't active in my life. And if you have a father that you have a bond in a relationship with, man, I cherish that, like cherish that. And, and so I'm glad I could be there for you and your family. Last question. If you could go back and talk to 13 or 14 year old Alex, what would you tell him? It's going to work out. Wow. And the reason I say that is because at 13 and 14, I was playing basketball and I had a, um, an opportunity to go to another school that was a bigger basketball program. And I was torn because I was in a school that was very good from an educational standpoint, but their basketball team wasn't good. And I didn't know, should I go there so I can get more exposure? And then maybe that leads to, you know, something better. Yeah. Or should I stay and get a better education for the future? I decided to stay in this school, which had a better education, but I, it was always constantly in my mind because I would see my friends in the newspaper. I would see them winning championships, uh, you know, McDonald's tournaments and stuff like that. And I always wonder, like, if I would have gone to those schools, would I have gotten more exposure? Would I would have been able to play professionally? But, you know, that was something I was thinking back then. Right now, everything worked out because that education that I received laid the foundation for me to be sitting right here today with you. So. Well, do you are a um, man? You're talented as a professional, but as a human being, bro, you you're the, you're the model. You really are. And I'm telling you, I've, I've been around you personally now, and what people are seeing today and what they're hearing is really who you are. Like every day, you're this person, the same poise, the same person who sees um, the ability or looks for the opportunity to help people. And so, man, I just want to tell you, thank you for being on the show. Uh, thank you for having you, me. You, you showed up for me at the end when I was like, <laughs> it's like, I don't know of the car, but he was like, don't worry, I'm going to be there. Yeah. But that's who you are. Yeah. And so, man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you want anybody to be able to find you on social media, man? Like, so, you know. I, oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't have social media. I only have LinkedIn, though. All right. But, so. but LinkedIn, you can look me up, Alex Rosado. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll be there. So. All right. Listen. You guys, thank you for tuning in for the In His Voice podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time. Take care.